0: every Sunday before hearing scripture read we pray for illumination that just as a candle or a light lights up the world around us for to see things more clearly that God might light up God's word for us that we can see it more clearly and how it speaks to our lives and so we pray that God would enlighten our hearts and God's word so that we can hear what God has to say to us. We're going to do that today in the form of a song um, called Closer, which talks about God coming in close to speak to us, God who is not far off and way above us and removed from us, but can actually speak to us today. So if you would like to sing along, the uh, the words are in the bulletin, and if you would like to just listen as we pray through song, you are welcome to do that as well.
1: To me. to me. stony heart coming close. Come in close. coming in close, sweet. Come in close. Come closer to me.
2: This morning, our first scripture lesson comes from the book of Psalms, the prayer book of Scripture. And as we just got done singing a prayer to God, we now listen to one from this ancient book of prayers Psalm 148. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created. He established them forever and ever. He fixed their bounds, which cannot be passed. Praise the Lord from the earth. You sea monsters in all deeps, fire and hail, snow and frost, stormy wind fulfilling his command. Mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, creeping things and flying birds, kings of the earth and all peoples. Princes and all rulers of the earth, young men and women alike, old and young together. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His glory is above earth and heaven. He has raised up a horn for his people. Praise for all his faithful, for the people of Israel who are close to him. Praise the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: Our second scripture reading for today is from Exodus chapter 3. This is a story of a people who found themselves in great distress. And they were surprised by the presence and the voice of God who spoke to them in the midst of their cry for justice. It's a story that perhaps many of you are familiar with, and it may be new to some of you. And so before we jump into this part of the story, I'd like to tell you a little bit of the framework of where it came from. The people of Israel, these people who are named by God in the Old Testament and called as God's own, found themselves at a certain time enslaved by another group of people, the Egyptians. And while they were enslaved, there was a child born named Moses. Moses was found um, in the palace of Pharaoh, um, and he grew up in the household of the Egyptians, even though he wasn't one of them. And so he came um, walking through Egypt, seeing the oppression of the Israelites, but not himself experiencing it. But as he grew older, he saw more and more of it, and one day he saw an Egyptian abusing an Israelite slave, and he got angry. So angry that he killed the man. Moses ran. He hid. He fled the country because of the work that he did, and he ended up in the desert tending sheep. I like to imagine at this part of the story how Moses must have felt. How perhaps he felt alone The pain of his people being back farther away from them, still oppressed, maybe wondering where is God in the midst of it all. And it's in this place of exile and loneliness that we find Moses in this story today. Hear this word of the Lord from Exodus chapter 3. Moses, was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. And he led his flock beyond the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of a bush. He looked, and the bush was blazing, yet it was not consumed. Then Moses said, I must turn aside and look at this great sight and see why this bush is not burned up. When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called to him from out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. Then God said, Come no closer. Remove the sandals from your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have seen the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry on account of their taskmasters, indeed I know their suffering. And I have come down to deliver them from the Egyptians, and to bring them out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to the country of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Pesuzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. The cry of the Israelites has come to me, and I have also seen how the Egyptians oppress them. So come, I will send you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? God said, I will be with you, and this shall be the sign for you that it is I who sent you when you have brought the people out of Egypt. You shall worship God on this mountain. This is the word of the Lord.
2: So as Pastor Stacy said this past week, her and I and um, another chaplain from the Regional Synod of Albany were chaplains up at Camp Fowler, along with a number of people here from Linwood and also a couple of of young ones from Linwood as well. And it was a wonderful, wonderful time to spend up in the Adirondacks at a camp um, where many people consider it a home or a very sacred spiritual shelter and space for them. Uh, This past week, the theme that we were talking about was prayer, which was no small task indeed. We first had to really think about what we thought prayer was and um, how to go about it, and then figure out how to communicate that with uh, middle schoolers and um, ones going into their first year of high school. And overall, it was a really rewarding experience. And rewarding because I'm, I'm always... Amazed, and this happens every year. So maybe I should, you know, just get used to this and not stop being amazed. Um, but how much, how, how much I learn from uh, young ones and youth, how bright and wise and creative they are. Uh, one of the coolest things I learned actually came during the part of the week where we were studying the Lord's Prayer and looking at it and trying to rewrite it in the vernacular, in the everyday language of 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 us. And we were working through, a group that I had was working through that last stanza, which, which says, yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And actually, Andrew Camparetta, um summed this up as, and rewrote it kind of as, everything and every good thing belongs to you, O God. But you choose to share it with us. So thank you. And I just thought that was a really beautiful, wonderful way. And I learned so much from that and from you this week, so I was grateful to spend that time with you, and, um, and thank you. You helped me understand that line a little more deeply, a line that I've always struggled to, to really comprehend. But either way, in, in coming back, I just wanted to share with you this morning some of the things that, that I gleaned and learned about prayer this, this week. And I kind of want to frame prayer as, one, an intimate union with God, where we Two, uh, can share with God whatever is on our heart and minds or going on in the world. Um, three, in a number of different ways. So those are the three points I'm looking to work through. One, an intimate union of God where two, we can share whatever's on our heart and mind or going on in the world around us. Three, in a number of different ways. So first, God inviting us into an intimate union and an arena for, for sharing. The first thing that, that Pastor Stacy and I focused on during our time at camp was this story from Exodus, which Pastor Stacy frames so wonderfully. Uh, a moment when Moses uh, is taking sheep out for a walk to graze into pasture uh, in, a, in a land, as, as she said, was not his own, in a land of many in a wilderness area. Um, he eventually comes to this mountain of God where this amazing thing happens. He stops and sees this burning bush. And he turns aside to notice this sight, uncertain of what it is and what it means. And when he does that, to stop and notice, a voice calls out Moses, Moses, don't come any closer. You're walking on holy ground here. I'm the God of your parents and grandparents, I'm the God of Abraham and Sarah, Isaac and Rebekah, of Jacob and Rachel. And realizing who he's trifling with, Moses hides. And I imagine we did this activity uh, at camp where we tried to play out this scene and uh, a number of people had him like hiding behind rocks, but I loved like this image of Moses like hiding amongst the sheep that he was actually <laughs> taken out to pasture. Hiding, hiding his face from God because God is holy and holy other and we cannot look upon God. And Moses knew that. So he hides from God. And, and while he's trying to hide from God, he's also simultaneously, like, taking off his shoes, which is just a hilarious image in my, in my mind. And as he does this, he learns of something God wishes for him to do, which is to go to Pharaoh and to speak to Pharaoh in order that Pharaoh might release God's people and let them go into a land that God is preparing for the people God wants these people out from this confined space under Pharaoh's reign to a broad space under God's reign. But Moses is unsure about this, and he's scared, and he doubts, and he's struck by fear. Something common to each of us, right? In a number of different ways, in a number of different situations. And he speaks to this fear Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? He asks. And God says, I will be with you. I will be with you. I will be with you. Moses turns aside to notice something that up to this point has not been immediately apparent what it is. Moses turns aside to notice a God who has always been with him and always been with the Israelites. Moses turns aside to notice a God who was with him in the wilderness, far from home. Moses turns aside to notice God would be with him in going to Pharaoh and beyond that to the land of freedom. And this was perhaps one of the most important lessons and things that I was left with after camp. Prayer is taking time to stop and to notice and to perhaps make space to this beautiful truth that God is with you and me and us. Always. And perhaps it's not something we always feel or think or believe at times. Pastor Stacy did this thing when we were teaching about this, which I found really profound and is a, is a way, is a very material, tangible way to bring this and call this to mind. She asked the group of kids if they knew the, the sign language for the word with. And it's this, you take two hands, and you place them together and you hold them close to your chest, just under your chin. And this means with. And everybody did it. And then she said something. The thing I wish for you to take from this story is that God is always with you. And it's incredible because I've always learned the posture of prayer is this. Or maybe it's like this. When you really want that prayer to work. <laughs> And this became an important posture, this connection of sometimes we conceived of this as the prayerful posture, but transforming it to this was really important for me. To remember that when we turn aside for a moment to slow down and seek God, we remember that God is with us always, beyond what we can see or know or experience. And more than that, it's not only a tangible reminder to us, but perhaps it's a way of inviting God closer. In the same way that I've taught my dog Amos to, to come near by doing this here, so I don't even have to speak, and he, he comes well, most often. <laughs> um, or we might, you know, tell somebody to be quiet by doing this. So this gesture is a palpable demonstration of our desire for God to be near and with us. I want to share with you a story from my experience at Hope College that, that helps remind me of this moment when I recognized this: that God is with me and us. You see, it was my sophomore year at Hope College. I stayed behind for a summer of courses in order to finish early, And at this time, uh, right after my sophomore year, I had come to hear and understand that good news about Jesus, that in this one human, God had come to be with us in flesh. I was really alive in spirit and faith and thought it was a great time, as best a moment as ever, to get that general education requirement out of the way for religion by taking an Old Testament course. We were to read through the whole thing and study the whole thing throughout that course in a matter of three weeks. (laughs) To be honest, I didn't read much. (laughs) I have faults, too. (laughs) Please know that. Except there was one night, three-quarters of the way through the course. It was about 1 a.m., and I was all alone in this one particular building. And I finally cracked open the Bible to read the assigned reading. And it was Isaiah 53. And Isaiah 53 is this beautiful portrait about a suffering servant who would come. A chosen one who would come and bear the sins and ills of humanity, and by whose bruises we are healed. And I was floored at this. Here, Isaiah is writing 500 years before Jesus, and yet he is proclaiming a perfect image of God who would come. And so for the first time, I understood that the God of the Old Testament was the same God that I had found in Jesus and who made my heart alive. A God of long-standing love and commitment to healing the wounds and ills of the world. And so this, this moment and this learning set my heart dancing with delight. And I bounded out the front door of that building, almost like kicking it down. Because I was so excited and happy, also released to go home and get some sleep. That was probably motivating me. I was the epitome of energy in motion. But this summer night was the opposite. It was still and quiet and warm. The humidity was like a blanket that cloaked me. The moon was bigger than I ever knew it to be, hung right overhead, And in a moment, I went from bounding down the stairs and kicking open the door to absolute stillness and reverence before this great sight. And in an instant, I cannot say exactly how, but I knew God was closer than I ever had before. God's with me in an incredible way. And I turned aside to marvel at that great sight just like I imagined Moses did. And I stood there for about 15 minutes in silence and stillness, staring. And in a moment, I knew what I described for what I'll describe for you now as God is with me. Flooded by the realization that the God who met with Moses in that burning bush and filled Isaiah with that image of what was to be and who eventually came to the world as Jesus, that that God was with me too. The God of heaven and earth was then and is and always will be with us. And our God is always with us in the wildernesses of our life experience or the comforts of feeling like we're where we're supposed to be. And perhaps we might not always sense or experience this in a profound bursting bush or extravagant moonlight experiences, but it's true nonetheless. A prayer is our turning aside or creating space to notice the God who is around and near and with. And, and for the early church, there was this... Um, more deeply still. So it's not just that God is with us, but for the early church, there was this trust of this indissoluble union with us to God through Jesus and this access to intimacy and being able to be heard, not just held, but heard by this God who is always with us. There is a central trust that God hears and is closer to us than our own breath, as Pastor Stacy will say and remind us of. And Jesus reminds us of this intimacy and invites us into it in the Lord's Prayer. He names it Our Father, which is an incredible phrase, Our Father, a communal thing that we now get to share because Jesus has invited us near and he calls us brother. And the fact that we can call God Father, that we can call God a loving parent and name God with our words and lips is to have this intimacy with God that was an affront Previously, to that Jewish audience, and would have been something very deeply uncomfortable to express. So, Jesus invites us deeper into the presence of God with us by allowing us to speak God's name and know that we have the ear of God always. I learned something fascinating about this word prayer, by the way, in the New Testament and how the early church used it. The word is Uh, prosukamai. It's made up of two words, pros and uke. Uke means prayer ask, which seems pretty straightforward in this. But pros is a preposition meaning close or upfront or intimate contact with someone. Or can also mean with. So the sense of prayer and asking and desiring that is in the New Testament is never without the closeness of belonging and presently abiding in God. Prayer takes place in this intimate connection and union with God, a loving God who's always working to our advantage. Prayer happens in an arena of connection with a loving God who is like a generous and loving parent. So second, because of this intimate union with God, we can feel safe to share what's on our hearts and minds. Um, Why don't you just take a moment to think back to this past week past month, this past year, and the vast range of thoughts and emotions and experiences that are held in your life story. Perhaps there's seasons where your heart skipped with joy and celebration, or felt crushed by the weight of grief, or having dreams dashed, or perhaps you were struggling to make sense of something that you were working through personally in life, hoping to find the way forward. Or perhaps think back to all the news cycles and myriad of things that we've seen happen in this world. Parents, let me ask you, if your children were going through the gamut of these experiences, wouldn't you care to know? Even if you see what's going on and know it, Wouldn't you care to hear from your son or daughter how they put it into word? How much more then is God, lover and creator and redeemer of us, like a parent who wishes to know all these things from the lips of our hearts? The evidence of this is in that Lord's Prayer that we have printed on the front of the bulletin, where when the disciples ask Jesus, teach us how to pray, what does he do? He says, pray like this. Not exactly like this, but in like manner to this. He begins, our loving parent in heaven, our Father, and continues to identify a list of needs that we have. Give us bread to eat. Help us work on relationships by offering and receiving forgiveness. Deliver us from evil. May your vision for life be here on earth. Jesus is teaching us to state our needs to God, this loving parent. And what line did I always hear my parents say as I was a kid? You can talk to me about anything. Jesus teaches us to trust that we can come with anything, even the most trivial things, because those things are worthy of prayer and importance to God. So now that we know this beautiful union with God that we share, and that we can come to God with anything that lays on our hearts and minds or that we're experiencing, I wish to thirdly state that we're invited to express these things in a number of different ways. So, typically, prayer has this this, this form that we that we learn. And um, a form, there's actually in the bulletin in front of you, there's a thing called the prayer canvas. And if you have a pen or a pencil, you're welcome to take it out, and I'll walk through just a quick prayer of how like a typical prayer in its spoken form might look first you would address the name of God this is called a colic prayer by the way you address the name of God or some name Elohim Yahweh Jesus Holy Spirit and mention some attribute so Jesus you are always merciful and always ready to forgive so those are the first two things Thirdly, you would state the problem that you would see. So, Jesus, you are always merciful and ready to forgive. And I know I have fallen short by hurting my sister, by speaking unkindly to her. So, you're naming the thing. And then, fourthly, you ask for that desired outcome, the petition God, I hope that you can grant us grace so that I can make amends and we can heal our relationship. And then fifth, you end in the name of Jesus or in the name of God and pray amen, which amen just means let it be so. So those are the five steps of just a common prayer that you can use when praying if you are ever lost or in trouble and looking for a way to pray. However, something beautiful and fascinating that I learned this past week is that there's no real um, term... uh, Prayer can mean in a lot of different things. And this is evidence in the Hebrew language because there's no real word for prayer in the Hebrew language. But there are a variety of actions and postures and exclamations that are associated with communicating with God. The people took the needs and things they wished to communicate and found different forms to communicate them, in other words. So yes, prayer is speaking. Prayer is saying to God all the things that are in our hearts. But prayer is also singing a song or perhaps playing an instrument. Prayer is writing to God with words or drawing out pictures. That's why I love seeing doodles on bulletins after those services. Prayer can also be sitting in silence. In stillness. Meditating on one word. Or what's going on within you or around you. Prayer can be mumbling and murmuring. Prayer can be screaming or shouting. Prayer can be the thoughts you have and lift up to God as you drive or run or clean. Prayer is individuals lifting things up and communities coming together to speak prayers aloud. It can be so many things, but I want to end with this, that prayer can also be action. Um, When I was in Detroit, the thing that I appreciated about the Christian community that I lived with is that this group of people moved into one of the roughest neighborhoods in Detroit, a neighborhood that was gripped by gang violence and drug running and gun running. Um, And it was a neighborhood where they didn't belong. But they were committed because they saw the beauty of the people who were shut into their homes for fear of the violence. And this group of Christians, some of which were from Detroit, committed to living on this one corner in this block and connecting with their neighbors and also speaking um, kindness to them and encouragement and maybe giving hugs as Kathy (laughs) uh, illustrated earlier. But they were also advocates in their community for each other. And I'd like to say that what they were doing is living prayerfully, with their words, with their actions, with everything that they did. They didn't know what the end result would be, but they were living in such a way in hope that there would be a desired outcome to see heaven come on earth as it is where God is. And so over time, the the grip of uh, evil that was upon this neighborhood was transformed by this community caring and loving for itself and each other. And the love, the incarnate love of Jesus Christ was expressed. And what I mean to say is that prayer can be the way that we live into this world in hopes that the kingdom comes here on earth. And that the work of Jesus that is always going on and always continuing, that it's something that we can participate in and see not only in our lives personally, but in the world around us. So I pray that you live into prayer in the manifold ways in which it's offered here and throughout scripture and the witness of God's people throughout time. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for drawing near to us and calling us your own, for offering us the intimate name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that we can call on you at any time because you're always with us. Always lead us and guide us so that we might speak or act in ways that help participate and seeing the kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.